Hey, Al. Hey, Barry. What do you call a thousand-year-old Eldrin? What? A millennial. <laughs> it's time for Capel Duel! up to our dune where he is trying his best <laughs> to foil an assassination plot of the 10-year-old king of Lockham, Warren Donchaser, and accidentally stumbled his way into a brand new and exciting assassination plot. <laughs> and last time we caught up with Ferrara Valsai back in Australia, she and Fenandris were not having the best of days. She made friends with an interesting and beautiful bard, self-identified only as Mira. They ended up making plans for later in the night, but those plans were unfortunately cut short when a small bat that spoke with Mira's voice came and landed on Fee's shoulder and told her that Mira had been kidnapped. Simply hate to see it, folks. So we last left Fee and Fen ascending the large ridge of cliffs outside the small village of Embertide in efforts to go find their lost new friend. And I think that's what we come back in on now. Our camera kind of pans in with Fee and Fen edging their way along these precarious, narrow roads up the ridge. Fen has been sort of rolling survival checks in the interim mechanically, you know, just trying to keep going, trying to see if he can follow the tracks that he found when you two first left the village. You're getting a bit of a ways away from the village now, however. It's dark, there's a lot of wild animals out, you see them running around, you get the idea that there's some probably pretty nasty stuff along this ridge at night. I'm gonna go ahead and roll another survival check for Ranger Fen, our, uh, <laughs> our good good friend who can only roll nat 20s when he's trying to track something down. <laughs> Twelve. Aww. So yeah, you and Fen keep shuffling along this ridge. There are a couple narrow misses where, like, some rocks will slip out from under your feet and he does reach out to grab you by the arm a couple times, V, and kind of pull you back. And he just hisses to himself and goes, Okay, well, at this point, I don't think they would have been able to get her all the way up the ridge with nobody seeing them. Okay. So if we can't go up, what if they went down? Down where? Well, you look down below you, and again, it's just like a hundred foot drop to the ocean below, just like smacking up against these rocks. There are areas jutting out of the rocks down at the bottom that look like you could feasibly stand on them, but you can't really see anything that looks like somebody could have easily gotten a bound and gagged, almost six-foot-tall lady down there. And Fen goes, My dad told me once about the southern coasts and how, you know, everything's rocky down here, but because of the ocean crashing so much against the rocks for years and years and years, that there are cave systems? Do you think... You said that she was in a cave. Maybe she sent a bat. That seems as likely as anything. Uh, it certainly can't hurt. Alright, I'm gonna see if I can try to find a cave, I guess. Yeah, so he looks around, actually finds, after some more looking down below you, probably 
15, 20 yards, a cleft in the rock where there is an opening that it is very tight. It is not going to be easy for you two to get into, but he looks down and goes, all right, I think that's our best bet. I haven't seen any other way into the ridge. Oh, jeez. You're going to need to roll me athletics or acrobatics. I will let you pick to get down and into the cave safely. Okay. Five. <laughs> yeah, so Fee, you kind of go down over the side of this cliff, and I think your foot gets caught in your skirts, and you just lose your footing, and you start to go down. I'm going to need you to roll a dexterity saving throw, and I'm going to roll one for Fen as well. <laughs> no way. Nat 20. <laughs> wow. Fen rolled a modified 22 to catch you. <laughs> So yeah, I think you guys just go like best friend telepathy. Like Fen sees you starting yeah. to go and immediately grabs onto a root that's hanging out of the side of the ridge and reaches yeah. out and just gets you by like the front of the dress God. and pulls you back up and he's like holding you against him really tight and looking down over the cliff at the churning ocean below and he goes, so let's maybe try going down a little slower. How about I help you out this time? Uh, that would be, um, probably a good idea. I'm gonna let go of you now. Fee, roll insight. God. (laughs) That's another nat 20. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Fen is blushing very dark blue. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And just kind of takes a step back from you, and he looks a little flustered. Uh-huh. But yeah, Fee, he just goes, all right, so I'm going to lower you down, and you try to get a foothold, and then I'll climb down after you, okay? This entrance to this cave is very, very tight. Your horns are scraping the ceiling as you walk in. Fen is, like, so broad in his build yeah. that he has to kind of go sideways and shuffle in, and you guys are in this very tight cave space for a long time. It's pretty claustrophobic. There's no light. You're relying on your dark vision to see anything. Uh, Fee, you do see bats in here, so okay. you get the feeling that you might be on the right track. Okay. And um, I'm going to have both of you roll me perception checks. So Fen's going to roll a perception check, and you're going to roll one as well. 19. Yeah, mod 19. Okay. Yeah. So with Fen's natural 19 to perception, he gets a 23. Christ. Okay. You smell campfire smoke, but it's a very dank, heavy smell of smoke, like wet, burning seaweed. And there's the distant rush of ocean hitting rock. And over that, you hear voices, several voices talking. The passage is starting to widen out a little bit, so you and Fen have a little more room to move around. And as you continue to move down this passage, it slopes downward, and you can start to see light and smoke from this campfire. And you hear several voices talking, and you hear Mira's voice. Interesting. Fellas, fellas, usually, you know, I'm totally down for being tied up and knocked around a little bit. The least I ask is that you ask permission first, and you hear a uh, deeper, gruffer voice go, Well, somebody shut her up. And then you hear the sound of a blunt object colliding with bone. And Mira doesn't say anything else. And another voice says, Be careful, you idiots. She can't die yet. Great. Uh, Do I recognize any of the other voices? 
the voices are not familiar to you. If you want to try to stealth ahead and get a peek, you can. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Ooh, nice. Natural 16, and with my stealth, yeah, I don't have proficiency, so it's a 19. Coming out of this sort of passage right here, you can stick close to the wall and not be seen by any of the people that are in this cavern, but looking out from where you are, you can see a circle of six bedrolls around a smoky, unpleasant-looking campfire. Again, it smells like they're burning wet seaweed. You look out, and in the mouth of the cave, it empties right out into the ocean. And there are two large rowboats dragged up into the cave out of the sea. And as you kind of look around this bend where you have snuck up, you can see there is an unconscious Mira on the floor. She is tied hand and foot. She is blindfolded. Her slate gray hair at the back of her head is matted to her head with blood. She is immobile on the floor. She is surrounded by three Australian elves in black robes. They are all standing around her. One is holding a club. Big dude. Looks like he just knocked her over the back of the head. Out by the boats, there is another person in identical black robes and another taller, older man in nicer black robes. From what you can tell, it looks like they knocked her out and they're getting ready to put her in the boat. Fen is still a ways behind you. He's just kind of waiting. He makes like a questioning motion and points. I'm going to make a gesture for him to come forward, and then I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt on the one holding the club. And yeah, since they did not see you, I will let you have a surprise round on this. Yeah, baby! Uh, 15 plus 6. Definitely. Absolutely. Roll damage. That's 10 damage, plus... He's dead before he hits the ground. Yeah! Yep, you come out of here and you fire off this guiding bolt, feed the hole inside of this dank, damp, algae-covered cave just lights up with the force of this guiding bolt. This dude is dead before he hits the ground. And now, we're all gonna roll initiative. I got a natural 18, so that's a 26. Love that alert, Fee. All right. So, Fee, what would you like to do? You are first in our initiative. Mira, again, still unconscious on the floor. You just knocked this guy out in one hit. Everybody else in the cave turns around, eyes very big. Okay, you said there's a guy in, like, nicer robes that looks like he's in charge. I'm going to cast Witchbolt on him. I'm going to actually burn a couple sorcery points to do Quicken Spell. Okay. And I'm going to uh, cast True Strike. So give yourself uh, an yeah, advantage. 22. That'll do it. Yeah. Roll damage on that witch bolt, please. Yeah. Uh, two damage. You zap this guy and he looks shocked. And then it is going to be Fen's turn. Fen is going to run past you. As he runs past you, he yells, Get Mira, I've got the rest of him. He's going to run up on the guy that looks like he's in charge, the one you just witch bolted, and he's going to try to hit him with his battle axe. So that's going to be... That's going to be 15 to hit. That is going to hit him. So he gets... I'm going to say he didn't have his shield out for this. He's got 1d10. Oh, buddy. That's 13 damage that Fen just did on this guy. Nice. Fen 
goes through, battle axe way up in the air, brings it right down into this guy's shoulder, puts a real hurting on him. It looks like the guy's wearing some kind of light armor, but Fen's axe just cleaves right through, and there's a spray of blood. Guy yells in pain, but unfortunately he is up next, so he is going to attack Fen. Um, so he's going to roll to hit. Yeah, he does. He reaches down to his belt and pulls out a gleaming, jagged, silver dagger with a crooked blade. It's a Kimbrel knife. This yeah, dude is a priest. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. And he stabs Fen right between the ribs. This knife melts through his armor like it's made of nothing. In fact, you would suspect that it's some kind of magical weapon. The hit with the knife itself did three damage, but then V, you see something happens. This knife glows with a sick gray necrotic energy, and you see Fen's veins from his chest all the way up to his neck and into his face, just visible above his armor. His veins go black, and he screams and stumbles forward as this necrotic energy just wreaks havoc on the inside of his body, Fen takes a total of 25 damage. Ouch. And now we are down to the first of these guys in robes, and he is going to go for Yuffie. He is going to try to hit you with a sacred flame. Please make a dexterity saving throw for me. Uh, so nine. You take three necrotic damage. And then the next berobed person is going to go. The closer these guys get to you and the more you're starting to engage me, these dudes are all priests. Every single one of them. So this one is also going to run down on you, and he is going to try to do the same thing. So hit you with another sacred flame. Ooh, natural 18. You take no damage. Nice. Yep, the sacred flame goes wide. This flame of dark necrotic energy flying behind you, kind of bouncing into the wet wall and fizzling. It misses your head. Another guy comes running out of the back of the cave. You didn't see him there. Okay. But he's going to have to take a dash action to get out of there. He is using a full dash action to get out of the kind of back corner of this cave and get over to where his superior is engaged with Fen to help him, but he can't take any actions. He had to burn a dash. There is one kind of acolyte-looking priest tending to the boats, and he runs over on Fen as well. He's going to try to sacred flame him. So Fen's going to roll a dex save. When he rolled a nat 20. Nice! Yeah, this guy comes up behind with a sacred flame gleaming at the end of his knife to try to just fucking knife Fen in the back with it. And Fen, bleeding heavily, this sick necrotic energy pulsing down through one side of the veins on his body, actually tucks and rolls out of the way. Nice. On the floor and gets back up to his feet. He is stumbling and swaying and bleeding for all he's worth, but he is up. And then we are back at the top of the order with Yuffie. So I have these two guys in front of me? Yeah, you have two of the kind of acolyte, lower-looking priests in front of you. First, I'm going to use that Witch Bolt, and I'm going to deal another 1d12 damage on the guy that looks like he's in charge. Okay. Ooh, baby. Wow. 11 damage. 11 damage. You watch this guy stab your friend, Fee, and Fen looks really hurt by it, and you just... With the witch bolt, it is like Palpatine-style lightning bolt to him, 
as I do the first damage, it, like, crackles out, and then I just do, like, a hand motion, like, cracking a whip. You hit this guy with this witch bolt just for pretty much all you're worth trying to get him off of Fen, who has rebuffed another attack, done a tuck and roll, and is now back up on his feet. And yeah, this guy looks hurt. Good. Severely, severely hurt. And now it is Fen's turn? Uh, no, it's not. Ah. I'm going to use my other two sorcerer points to do quicken spell, and I'm going to do a thunder wave on the guys in front of me. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to need them to make con saves. That's an eight and a natural 20. Uh, it's a total of 14 damage to the guys in front of me. Wow. So for the other one. So, okay. This one takes seven. This one is blasted back, I think, ten feet, right? Yep. I do the, like, whip-cracking motion to get the one guy with 11 points of lightning damage, and then I turn to the ones in front of me, both hands up, and I have noted that they are priests, so I am going to just smile at them and say, I am the emissary of Kimril on this plane. He has rejected you. And then thunder wave. <laughs> Fucking sick, dude. Yeah, this one guy's dead body just yeah. goes, like, flying off into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is not pushed back, but he does take how many damage? Seven. Seven. He looks very hurt. Good. He looks extremely injured. Good. But he is still standing right in front of you. Would you like to do any movement before Fen's turn? I mean... Yeah, because he can't do a spell on opportunity attack. Yeah, I'm going to take my full movement and I'm going to run up. Yeah, I'm going to run up on Mira with my full movement. Okay, so you're using your full movement to move past this guy, run up on Mira. He is going to get an opportunity attack on you. That's okay. He rolled an 18, so he is going to hit you. But you see he goes, Fee, as you move past him. After fucking launching this dude into the ocean, you go to move past him. He unsheathes his jagged priest knife and goes back to stab you, and the movement of his arm is arrested, and Fee, roll me an advantaged perception check as you move (laughs) past this guy. Fee, this guy, as you go past him and he goes for his opportunity attack, he pulls out that jagged priest's knife and goes to try to get you with it, and there's this cacophonous sound of thunder. It is like his knife collides with a plane of pure thunderous force. Yeah. In the air in front of you. It's like he tries to stab you and some outside force. It is not a spell you cast. In fact, it is not a spell that anybody cast, you think. Just rebuffs the edge of this knife and he looks extremely confused for a second but then just grabs the club at his belt and tries to hit you with it. For four damage. Okay. So now we're down to Fen. Fen turns around to the guy that just tried to stab him in the back and goes, Oh, son, that's poor sportsmanship, and then just wails on him with his axe. Good. So I'm going to roll a hit on him. It's a very tense moment, but Feed does laugh at that. He is going to hit the gentleman behind him, and that's going to be a d10 plus four. Hey, that's a ten. He decapitates this dude. Good. But then it's down to the priest, the big uh-huh. dude. So he's going to catch an opportunity attack from Fen yeah. to come over towards you. Fen doesn't hit him. Okay. So yeah, this more powerful looking priest V comes over at you. He is flanking, so he is going to get advantage on this. Does a 17 hit your armor class? Uh, yes, it does. Alright, so he's going to burn another spell slot to do the same thing to you that he did to Fen. I think it's more of a slice uh-huh. than a stab. I think it gets you across the arm of your dress and, like, okay. lays open the arm of your dress. 
and you can see the blood starting to well up blue, staining the sleeve of this fabric, but then you see the necrotic energy start to sink in. You take only one damage from the actual knife wound, but you take a further 17 necrotic damage. Ooh. So you are hurt, hurt. Yeah. And then I do a hellish rebuke. Oof, okay. <laughs> he rolled a five for his saving throw, so <laughs> like, go ahead and roll that 3d10. Yeah. Uh, I believe we've reflavored your hellish rebuke as lightning damage. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy stabs me. And then I whirl on him, and I just backhand him for 10 lightning damage. He is super dead. He had yeah. one hit point. You see his skeleton, like, light up through his body as this lightning, Good. like, hits him and electrifies him, and he just goes down like a rag doll. As a free action, I'm gonna yell, does anybody else want to try it? Yeah, there's only two of them left. Uh, the one that you did all the damage to, Fee, in the last round, runs uh-huh. up on Fen and is gonna try to land a hit on him. And he rolls a two, so he doesn't uh-huh. hit Fen. I think he gets a little uh, intimidated at watching his friend's decapitated corpse bleed out at Fen's feet. (laughs) Fen kind of does the Kylo Ren shrug, like, come on, let's go. And this guy just handily does not hit him. And then the one up on you, Fee, is going to eh, try to hit you. Handily does not. Rolled a two. Good. Okay, so, Fee, we are back up at the top of the order with you. You have one hit point, and this dude is still up on you. What are you going to do? Yeah, um, I'm going to cast a healing word on myself. Seven. Okay, you're back up to eight hit points. And then I'm going to go ahead and do a... I'm going to do a lightning lure on this other guy. Okay. Uh, that's rolled a hit, I believe. No, it's not. He has oh. a strength saving throw. Oh, a strength saving throw. Would you yeah. believe he's also not very strong? I would. Natural one, baby. <laughs> okay. So with Lightning Lure, I'm going to, again, with one of those like snaring whip cracking motions, this one kind of more like a lasso. I'm going to cast Lightning Lure on this man. He feels a saving throw. So he is going to be pulled toward me, like right up in my space. And then he's going to take... That's seven lightning damage. He looks profoundly hurt. I'm just gonna smile at him. And now it is Fen's turn. And he is gonna try to hit the gentleman that just ran up on him. He is just barely gonna hit. He handily kills him, however. Yeah, he just mows this guy down. Big stroke of the battle axe right across the chest. Guy goes down like a sack of potatoes. And then it is our friend that just got pulled right up on you, Fee. Yeah. It's his turn. He's going to try to get you. That's a six to hit. Not going to do it. Talk about on sport. Nope, he struggles to hit you again. I feel like this rebuffing yeah. force of this like plane of thunder that's out in front of you, he tries to get you with the knife and it just bounces off. With everybody else being dead, he's the last one standing, Fee. It's back up to you. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and still just grinning super big. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, guess it wasn't your day. 
and then I'm gonna <laughs> cast Thunderclap, and he's gonna make a con save. I love Ferrora Valsine. <laughs> Listen. Five. Yeah, it's not gonna do it, but So he's gonna take 1d6 thunder damage. Uh, so that's a four. I think as he tries to stab me, like you said, there's a, a little, like, plane of thunder that stops his knife. So as it impacts with that, Fia's gonna grin viciously and say, guess it wasn't your day, and then just bring her hands down and do a thunderclap and four damage. He's dead. Yeah! Yeah. This guy, I think his eyeballs, like, explode in his head. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do healing word on Mira. Five. Mira comes back up. <gasps> ragged gasp, and she sits up and she looks around at all of the fucking carnage and blood and dead bodies around you, and also you and Fen standing there, both of you kind of looking like shit. She sits up and looks around, and she goes, Oh, well, I see the bat found you. Ah, uh, yes, it did. <laughs> I don't feel good, she says. Me neither. This has been a, a difficult few minutes. I'll get your, your face, and she points to, like, your cheek, and, yeah. I mean, Fee, if you want to go try to find your reflection somewhere, I think you could probably see, like, a distorted reflection yeah. off the walls, like, where the fire is up against the wet walls of the cave. Yeah. You and Fen kind of have the same, like, spider-webbed black veins, like, going through your face. Fee, you don't feel good. You feel sick. Yeah. I think Fen actually throws up. Like, Fen stumbles out of the mouth of the cave and just pukes. Yeah. She says, yes, well, that's, uh, that's something to handle when we get out of here. You good, Fen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go back to the village. Yeah, that, I think, would be a good idea. Oh, God, I need to see a cleric. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm assuming you help, like, untie her and Yes. <laughs> yeah, she kind of rubs at the rope burn on her wrists yeah. and stands up and rolls her shoulders back and cracks her neck, and she goes... All right, not the stickiest situation I've ever gotten out of, but I definitely appreciate the assistance. <laughs> you didn't find by any chance, and Fen still throwing up, reaches into his pocket and holds up one of the jingles that you guys found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like one of the leather cuffs full of silver bells. Yes. And Mira takes it with a mumbled thank you and latches it back onto her ankle and does a little dance move and, like, stomps her foot and nice. is going to cast a Cure Wounds on you, Fee. Fantastic. At second level. I appreciate that. Yeah. Ooh. Fee, you're going to get 16 hit points back from that. So, Fee, you're almost back up to full. And then she's going to do another one on Fen, also at second level. Fen is going to get 15 back. So you and Fen are both looking substantially better. Yeah. M Mira still looks like she got shit kicked. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'll do a second level healing word on her. Okay. Uh, that's a nine. Yeah, she's back up to 14. She's, yeah. yeah, she looked like she had been really sore, like she had really gotten the shit kicked out of her, and mm -hmm. she kind of rolls off a little bit more of the pain and stands up a little bit straighter, and she goes, oh, okay, that was deeply unpleasant. Should we, uh, go back to the village? Uh, yes, I'm sorry I can't do more healing. I have not, <laughs> I have not been, uh, blessed with, uh, sort of clerical, uh, medical abilities. If I remember, there was a cleric back in the village, right? Yes, there old, was. Old guy, shambling old man. Seems sweet. Brother Vanto, I believe. Ah, sure. She waltzes out of the cave, 
And she uh, reaches behind her, and she starts dragging out one of the boats (laughs) that these guys had. So she uh, goes to start hauling one of these boats out into the water, and she looks over at Fenn and goes, Hey, Muscles, you know how to make one of these things go? He shrugs and goes, I mean, I guess. Feige kind of, with as much dignity as she can muster, flounces off into the water with her fucking ball gown that she hasn't changed out of. (laughs) <laughs> just sopping wet probably weighs like 15 pounds yeah. <laughs> every time she moves you guys make it back to the village the streets are dead silent it's 2-3 o'clock in the morning I don't like that I'm sorry do you want to go wake somebody up <laughs> um it, oh yeah I you need a cleric I'm gonna go to the church okay yeah you walk into the church churches of Kimrel are open 24 hours a day yeah so the doors to the church are not locked or anything. You come in. The sanctuary is empty. There are still candles burning. There's still incense going. You yeah. know, all the things that are necessary to keep the church running. Yeah. If you wanted to go find Brother Vanto, you'd have to probably dig deeper in the church. There looks to be a rectory out towards the back where he lives. Fee is going to nod to herself. Say, got a bad feeling about this. And then head out towards the rectory. Yeah, you find this rectory. Door is closed. I mean, you can knock. Okay, I'm gonna knock on the door. Okay, you knock. There's a moment and you hear from inside some shuffling and harumphing, some tired old man noises. Brother Vanto opens the door. He's still in his robes and everything from the celebration this evening. And he squints and he goes, Oh, Grand Duchess, to what do I owe the pleasure? What time is it? Uh, it's late. Uh, I am in need of some assistance. I'm very sorry to trouble you at this, uh, at whatever hour this is, but, uh, some things have happened. Oh, do come in, child. You look like you've been through it. Come, come, come. Yeah. Um, she's gonna also, like, gesture Fen and Mira after her. Okay. <laughs> and then she's gotta stand in this old man's space and say, we need so much healing. Oh my goodness, what happened to the three of you? And he immediately starts... Breaking off the cure wounds. Yeah, is, I mean, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that he had enough mojo going on that you're all up to full. He gets out the knife from his belt and there's a cool kind of silvery glow around it that he skates down over you and then Fen and then Mira and you guys yeah. are all up to full. It looks like he does a bit of even like a restoration spell on you and Fen where you feel this sick necrotic sludge in your veins leave your body and you feel... Definitely 100% again. Awesome. Well, I'm guessing that the festival didn't go too well, he says. I'm not entirely certain of everything that happened. Uh, you would have to ask, and then she gestures at Mira. He kind of squints over at her. He goes, oh, yes, you're the nice young lady with the minstrel troupe. Your show was fantastic. She goes, thanks, your friends kidnapped me. Three winces. Yeah, this old, old man blinks and goes, I'm sorry, what? Yes, uh, we found her in a cave with several uh, priests of the Order of Kimrel. I think something is wrong with the uh, local chapter. There may be some corruption within the local church, and uh, I would hope that we could investigate that while I'm here. Well, my dear, I'm the local chapter. I'm the sole proprietor of the church. There aren't any other priests from here to Vilnius, unless you count the ones on the island. But this is most 
concerning. I'll send a missive to the island right away. I'll see if I can figure out what's going on. This is most unsettling. Roll insight, V. Okay. Eight. Yeah, he looks very concerned and a little confused, but he bustles off, pulls out his knife again, and you see it glow the same kind of magic it did when he was sending a message to your father. And he pauses for a second and listens for a reply and then nods to himself, and he goes, I promise you all will figure this out. I think it has to be some sort of misunderstanding. We have plenty of time before the delegation from Velental gets here to pick you two up, and my lady, I'm so sorry that this happened to you, but I unfortunately don't have an explanation, he says to Mira, who side-eyes him really hard. Can I roll insight on her? On Mira? Sure. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? Oh, it's a four. She dusts herself off and goes, eh, no harm, no foul, I guess I didn't die. I need a bath and a trance oh, very badly. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. <laughs> Well, well, the local bathhouse should still be open. The water might be a little colder than you're used to, but... That will be fine after the day I've had. I would take ice water. Then goes, ooh, bath. Bath good. Yes, yes, bath. Ideal. Well, good night, all of you. I'll do my best, as I said, to help you get to the bottom of this. It's very concerning, Brother Vanto says. Good night, Brother Vanto. Uh, I apologize again for this. He just bumbles off and kind of shuts the door behind you guys as you leave. So you guys proceed out to where the local bathhouse is. It's right off kind of this main square. It's, uh, it's definitely not the quality that you are used to, Fee. You know, the beautiful, rich, stained glass domes and wonderful rich appointments of the Australian royal baths are not the case here. It's a wooden hut with mud walls. So everything that you would expect in Australian baths, but the quality is not quite the same. Sad. They have thin linen robes available for people that come in to kind of wear, because it's, there's only one of each bath. It's very co-ed, so everybody here is going in the same tub. Fantastic. But yeah, there's like a hot spring and then a cold pool and then a sauna. So I think you and Fen and Mira all kind of get into these robes and dunk yourselves down in the hot tub and just sit there for a second. It does feel nice after getting shit kicked yes. really hard. <laughs> and after a while, Mira says, So, you know, um, I typically don't do this because of professional reasons, but given that you two did save my bacon... I feel a little obligated to tell you, Mira's a stage name. I figured when you didn't, uh, offer any further information. <laughs> she laughs, just <laughs> throws her head back. She's got her head back, like, soaking in the tub, trying to yeah. wash the blood out from where she got clocked over the head. And she sits back up, wet hair kind of hanging down around her face, and goes, Sabine Javaris, Bard Extraordinaire, at your service. Lovely to meet you, Sabine. Uh, try not to get kidnapped if I'm not in the vicinity. <laughs> Wasn't the first time, won't be the last, she says. Well, that's concerning. The old man knows something. Uh, how are you getting that? I, I mean, I'm sure he knows things. He's a priest, but I don't... He 
be surprised just how much a crafty old fox can pull off passing himself off as a doddering old man. That's all I'm saying. I've got a good bit of career experience. You get more interesting with every sentence that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> I've been told, she says. <laughs> Big smile. <laughs> um, face sinks a little lower in the water. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, what do you suggest our next move is then? Because I, I don't... Even if he does know something, I'm not sure how we're going to get information out of a priest. Well, my troop's leaving tomorrow, but, uh... I feel like without much excuse-making, I could probably find a way to stick around until your ride comes to pick you up. We could, uh, you know, keep an eye on the situation. Maybe have a couple more conversations. Grand Duchess... Fen goes, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Face sinks lower and lower into the water. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Fen, maybe we should find lodgings. Maybe we should go somewhere. Oh, Brother Vato set us up at the inn. Right, yes. Uh, <clears throat> well, it is getting quite late. I, it was lovely to talk to you, Sabine. I hope you have a wonderful and peaceful night. Again, don't get kidnapped again, because I can't pull off that sort of thing more than once a day. I'll do my level best, Grand Duchess, she says as she hops up out of the bath and disappears. You don't know to where. God. Fen just sits there and looks at you, Fee. Very intensely. <laughs> Fee full-on dunks herself in the water, just down, just washing her hair. Nothing to say about that. Fen is still staring at you when you come up, and he goes, God. Don't. Don't what? <laughs> Don't, Fee. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh, he says. Uh, very dignified Fee is going to get out of the path. <laughs> you know... I should get paid a lot more than I do, <laughs> considering how much trouble that you just seem to love to get into. You're being paid in friendship and fun, Fen. Friendship I'll take. I haven't had fun since Kalesa got home. Oh. I love Kalesa. I haven't had fun since Kalesa got home. As the person in this friend group whose job it is to keep everybody else alive, I have not had fun. I'm gonna go to take my trance now, he says. Yeah, me too. You guys have two, not adjoining rooms, but yeah. you guys have two rooms next to each other at this very modest, you know, local tavern and inn. And you take your trance, and you wake up the next day in time to leave the inn and see Sabine seeing off her troop as they leave. They have wagons laden down with all their musical supplies and all of their trunks and stuff, and they ship out of town. You see her saying something to the very small elven woman that you saw her talking to yesterday, and they're gone. And by the time that Sabine finishes seeing off her friends, you see a big bustle coming towards the church, like several people running into the church. Oh, jeez. I'm going to say to Fen, so much for a vacation, and then I'm going to go run off to check that out. You get over there in time to see Brother Vanto kind of waddling out and down the street to where all of these people are circled around him babbling about 
something. You can't really make it out. And he nods to you kind of from the center of this crowd, but he's being swept off down towards the docks at the edge of town. I'm going to try and get myself into the crowd so I can like understand what's going on. You hear a lot of people talking over each other. A couple of the phrases you pick out are, there was no word sent, we had no idea, it's getting close now, we're not really sure what's going on, we thought you could explain, and you hear Brother Vonto kind of placatingly say, now, now, everybody calm down, I'm sure it's not that soon. Oh, Kimrel's marvelous mandible, he says as he gets to oh the end of the Oh my god. <laughs> what's he looking at? You know what the Australian royal barge looks like. Elaborate, hung with lots of silk, kind of a wide, flat-bottomed barge. A very close version of that is approaching towards the docks of Embertide from Lokstogalan. Hmm, okay. Brother Vanto looks stressed. Yeah, I'm feeling a little stressed. Uh, I'm going to try to, like, wiggle through the crowd <laughs> to get to Brother Vonto. And then I'm going to lean over to him and say, Care to explain? The Hierophant is coming, he says, and looks like he's about to shit his pants. Fantastic. What do I know about the Hierophant? Roll a history check. Okay. With advantage. Uh, so that's a 19. The Hierophant is the Pope, essentially. It is an office that is passed down through lifetime appointments and order-wide voting when the current Hierophant dies. Okay. This Hierophant is fairly new, as in was appointed within the last 10-15 years. Okay. You have met him once, maybe twice. Okay. You don't have a good read on the guy. What do I know about him? His name is Sid Illidan. Okay. He is from the city of Ilnaeus, which is also where you grew up when you were staying with Elasha. Yeah. He's the elven equivalent of, like, 15. Oh, God. Uh, so he's a twerp, and I hate him. His appointment was very contentious, namely because he had not been raised in the Order, but also because okay. he was so young, and... Because he came from nothing. He's not from a noble family. He has no pedigree whatsoever. From what you have been told, he is extremely strong with clerical magic, though. Okay. He mostly keeps to himself on Lokstogalan. That's where the Hierophant lives all the yeah. time. You've met him maybe once, twice at social functions. Not the most personable dude. So, Fij goes, uh, Okay, sure. Brother Vanto just continues to pale. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, When I sent the message to the island last night, I didn't think it would garner this kind of response. Oh, the church is so dirty, I have to go. He says... Oh, God. Okay, sure. This might as well happen. And then, Fee, in the distance, you also see some other boats starting to pull close. They are coming from a different direction. They're coming from the direction you came from last night. Okay. These other boats actually close the distance between them and the docks faster than this big barge coming from the island does. Yeah. And you see a couple more priests and shrouds, essentially. Bodies wrapped up in blankets in the boats. You can infer that they have cleaned up the crime scene and are bringing the bodies here. Yeah. Fia is going to try to not look too closely at that whole contingent of people unless they engage with her. 
She's just gonna, like, try to straighten her posture and just, like, wait for the barge from Oxagon. Okay. Yeah, and there's just widespread murmuring through the townsfolk as this barge finally finishes pulling up. And a gangly, skinny, shitty-looking teenage boy in very richly appointed black robes and a long, black, veil-like headpiece steps off the end of this barge. He has very dark hair, very dark eyes. Think, like, number five from the Umbrella Academy, but he's an elf pope. He just has this implacable deadpan as he takes a step off. He does not bow to you because that's not the political dynamic that you two have. Yeah. But just kind of gives you a familiar little nod. No movement of facial structures. Nasal monotone voice. Grand Duchess. She will nod back. Hierophant. Lovely to see you. I wish we could be meeting under better circumstances. Oh, I wish the same. But the circumstances are what they are, as always. Well, after I received the message last night, I I couldn't simply sit by and do nothing, so I came to investigate matters myself. It doesn't bode well for the church to have this sort of thing on our record. If I can find any way to figure out what happened to you and your friends, I will be glad to help out. And he walks over to where all the boats that brought the bodies in are docked, and he reaches down and grabs a blanket and throws it back, and the head of the dude that Fen decapitated is just sitting in there. And it's super unsettling to watch this, like, 15-year-old, without even blinking, reach down, get this severed head by the hair, and pick it up, and he pulls a knife out of his belt and spins it around his finger, like, cowboy style, and it starts to glow, and he casts a speak with dead spell, and the head opens its mouth and starts to whisper, and he just holds it up next to his ear and nods and nods again and then dispels the spell and tosses the head back down into the boat and turns around to the gathered townspeople and also you and Fen and Sabine and says, Now, well, it appears what we have here is a classic case of heresy. It looks like these men were all people who had chosen to undertake joining the priesthood as criminal penance and then decided to run away from the island. I can only guess that they were going to ransom your friend and use the money to disappear. She just nods. Yeah, because you would know that it's a pretty common thing for people convicted of prolific crimes or nobles that have done some kind of political faux pas. You can join the priesthood rather than get executed. However, you have never heard of anybody running away from Lost of Holland before. Roll insight. It just strikes you as weird. You can't really put anything together, but it strikes you as odd because you've never heard of anybody running away from Lokstogalan before. She's not going to say that in public. She's going to nod and say, I assumed something of that nature, yes. If we could speak about it further, I would much appreciate that. Very well. He breezes past you and just walks toward the church. You guys make it to the church. The whole town is just following behind you, eyes wide. And when you guys finally do make it to the church, Brother Vanto is inside with a broom just fucking going to town on the aisle and looks up and goes, Oh, your holiness, I'm so sorry. You know, these old bones don't do what they used to, keeping the church clean. And (laughs) the Hierophant says, 
You know, Brother Vanto, I have posited before that perhaps you should retire comfortably to the island after your lifetime of service to Kimrel. After all, it wouldn't bode well to have our representative allowing things like the kidnapping of townspeople to happen on his watch. From what I've observed, Brother Vanto is doing an admirable job at his post. And then she's going to, like, make sure she's the last person in the church and just kind of turn to the townspeople. People of Embertide, I assure you, on my authority as Grand Duchess, the situation that we uncovered last night has been resolved to the best of our ability, and we will be taking steps to make sure nothing like it happens again. And then she closes the doors. Sabine and Fen are in here with you as well. And the Hierophant is sitting in a pew, but he's like teenage boy spread in the pew where he's got his feet kicked up on top of the pew in front of him. And he's just, like, flipping through a prayer book, idly. Well, that's not very dignified in front of people that aren't, uh, high up in the church hierarchy. Does it look like I care? I would hope you would at least pretend to. Anyway, I don't know what else you want me to say to you. These men were heretics, they were escapees, they have clearly been dealt with. Yes, I saw that myself. I was not aware that people... Attempting to leave the island was uh, as endemic as apparently it is. It's not a widespread problem, but we do get the occasional criminal that decides that Kimrel's wrath is preferable to their service. Hmm. I would think you would shore up security after the first couple. We have tried. Apparently these people were particularly clever. Didn't seem that way to me, but... Suppose first impressions can be misleading. I suppose they can. At any rate, I believe my work here is done. I've come, I've investigated the source of the issue. It seems that everything's been taken care of, and... Well, dead men don't kidnap people unless somebody tells them to. At that rate, Brother Vanto, if you would mind, um... Defleshing the bodies. Their skeletons can serve Kimrel even if they didn't want to in life. She will just, like, incline her head and go, so will it be. He breezes past, doesn't say goodbye. He's a rude little shit. Yeah, of course. You guys leave the church, and then we do a little bit of a time skip. Sabine's troop is gone. She sticks around. You hang out with her quite a lot over the next several days. I think probably a week passes, where you're just getting to know this bard. She plays everything kind of close to the vest, and doesn't tell you a whole lot about her history, but she does talk to you a little bit about her job as a bard and her particular take on bardic magic with the dancing and the bells and how she's the one that pioneered that and things like that. And I think you become pretty good friends with this bard, you know, over the next week or so. Yeah, I think Fee's gonna also be, like, taking full advantage of the hospitality of the town. I don't think she's had food from the region since she was a kid. I think it's kind of like what she grew up on, and it's not something she has a lot of in Valenthal. I think it's like, she's enjoying being near the ocean. She's just waiting around to get picked up, but kind of trying to enjoy herself while she can. Yeah, and I mean, Southern cuisine is very good. It's very spicy, very meat-heavy. It focuses a lot on lamb. There's a lot of sheep down here. Not necessarily, you know, in Ember Tide, yeah. but they have, you know, a network of villages that they do trade yeah. with, and there's food coming in for the island that they ship off. You have a pretty good time hanging out with your new friend and hanging out with Fen and kind of just relaxing. 
And also Fee is plotting revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't kidding. I'm going to knit Soren Chakrana a scarf out of his own intestines. Jesus. <laughs> After about a week, Fee, you are kind of walking along the street, and you haven't seen Sabine all day, which is weird, because she usually comes to your room to meet you in the morning and just kind of take you about your day and escort you throughout whatever you guys are doing. I'm gonna go look for her immediately, because the last time she wasn't where I thought she was going to be, she got kidnapped. Okay, um, roll an advantaged investigation check. Cool. (laughs) Twelve. Twelve? Okay. That'll do it. You move around and find her eventually in a small clearing in the thin kind of congregation of woods outside the town right before the ridge starts shooting up into the sky. And she is holding a small sparrow in her hands. And she is whispering to it. She has not noticed you there yet. Go ahead and roll me stealth. At 14. Yeah, so you're able to sneak up. She doesn't notice that you're there. She has this very small bird, the little sparrow in her hands, and she's whispering to it. And she says, it makes me very happy to learn about your promotion, my dear friend. However, I would urge you to exercise caution moving forward in the future. These kind of bold moves often come with repercussions, as I have learned very intimately in my recent experiences. I hope you and your family are well, and it's my fervent desire that I see you soon. S. And she goes, go, little friend, go! And the bird takes off into the sky and flies away. Yeah, fuck it. He's not wise. She's gonna step out from behind a tree that she was presumably ducked behind and say, Who's being promoted? Old friend of mine. Old business acquaintance. Sabine rolls it off like nothing. She of course. She does not look faced by this at all. But it's good of you to come talk to me here. I actually had something that I wanted to run by you, Grand Duchess. Oh, uh, absolutely. Lay it on me. You strike me as a woman who prioritizes integrity. I like to think that that's true. Then it may be a little bit of a shock to you to find out that much of your entire life up until now has been a bold-faced lie. Bold claim. Your Highness, I'm only telling you this because I believe that you are trustworthy. Believe me, if I didn't think that either of us stood anything to gain from you having this information, I would have been gone a week ago. There is a... well, calling it a society would be a little generous. There is a collective of people in Australia who, over centuries of research and dedication, have figured out that... We have all been lied to for a very long time by many different people. I was here to help figure out one of those lies, and that is why I got kidnapped. (laughs) So it's a conspiracy, is it? More like a complicated, intertwined network of conspiracies. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's complex and even the people involved in this effort, these people like me who are devoted to the truth, sometimes we don't 
all agree with each other about exactly what that truth is, but one would argue that perhaps truth and strife is better than ignorance and bliss, yes? Sure. You know what? Uh, I don't indulge conspiracy theories, and unless you have some grand revelation, I will remind you that I am the damn Grand Duchess. I have been embroiled in most deep state secrets for much of my life, and I really don't know why I expected this to end well, but I'm going to go back to the end now. Why does nobody escape Lok Stogali? Because they have security to prevent them from doing that. Why did those people make it out? Why do people in this village go missing every year on the Equinox? I... Why does nobody who's not a High Order priest ever get to go to the island? It's... There are... There's religious ritual that would be disturbed. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself what that ritual is? And why it seems predicated on innocent Australian people going missing? Bold to connect the priesthood to, to, to ghost stories from some little fishing village. Those men didn't want to sell me. They wanted to take me back to the island. I heard them talking about it. Or they wanted to take you somewhere else to hold your ransom. Or they had a, a contact that was that way. Or you are lying to me, which I find very possible. What reason do I have? What reason does anyone ever need? Alright, fine. I can acknowledge that this is all very sudden and based upon a friendship of circumstance, since that seems to be the way you view it, but I have been called out for some other duties by my troop, and I will need to go soon. I just wanted to give you an in if you if you decide that maybe you want the truth. Can I tell you something I've learned, Sabine? Having the life that I've had and having the family that I do? Lay it on me. No one ever gets the truth. And then Fee walks back to the end. through the one very small, narrow, rickety road down this ridge into the village, a caravan of royal carriages rolls up. And out of the lead one, your father steps out and strides across this town square. I think you and Fen are just kind of standing there waiting, and he gets you by the shoulders, gives you the once-over, makes sure you're not physically harmed. Well, this didn't end up the way we wanted, did it? 
No, not, not at all. I would suppose that we have much to discuss on the way back to the pa- And then you hear a rattle from the back of the carriage where your father was. It sounds like a trunk opening. And from around the corner, you see just the very top of a head of curly blue hair. <laughs> and around the back of the corner of this carriage, a very disheveled looking Kalesa Petrus walks out. She is in a very nice set of hardened leather rogue armor. Dark black leather armor buckled up across in a breastplate and bracers and stuff. But her hair is a fucking mess. Like, one side of her cloudy, curly hair is, like, crunched down flat. Like, it's been jammed up against something. And her facial piercings are all askew. And she has really dark (laughs) circles under her eyes. And she's stretching really wide as she walks around the corner of this carriage. And she goes, oh, nice, we're here. And your father's jaw drops, V. You've never (laughs) seen his jaw drop before. (laughs) And he turns around slowly and he says... Lady Petrus, I was there when your father explicitly forbade you from coming on this journey. I have only one question at this point, and it is, how? (laughs) Um, She is trying very hard not to burst out laughing. (laughs) She, like, puts a fist over her mouth and (laughs) swallows really hard and goes, I've learned to never underestimate Kalesa, father. Kalesa just gets this big mischievous grin on her face, and she goes, Well, I mean, I got in one of the footlockers, and your father says, You've been there for eight days? And she says, I've been getting out at night to eat and go to the bathroom, but yeah. Anyway, and she runs across to the square fee and just pulls you and Fen both down into a big group hug. Oh yeah, absolutely. I hug her back. It's been a really rough week. (laughs) She says, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to hear... What the hell happened? It sounds like you guys have been on a trip. Your father is just standing back there again, feet blinking, very bemused. Just, (laughs) she was in the back of my carriage the whole time. (laughs) Fee is trying so hard not to laugh. She's just gnawing at Glessa going, yes, uh, much to talk about, much to discuss. It's been a rough week. Some stuff has happened. I'm not happy about all of it, but we can talk about that after we leave. Yes, please. I do detest the climate in the South, your father says. He has not, like, acknowledged any of the people in this village since he rolled in. Mm, uh, she, like, grimaces a little bit to herself and goes, It's hard to get used to. I have grown unaccustomed to it. Um, and then she's going to, like, turn to any people that are watching. Again, good people of Embertide, I thank you so much for your hospitality on behalf of myself personally and on behalf of the Crown. It has been lovely to be in your village, and I hope that you have not been troubled over much by myself and my companion. I bid you farewell. And then just hurries into the carriage like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like, yeah, you and Fen pilot yeah, in yeah. your carriage, and your, uh, your father gets in on the bench seat opposite you, and you hear from outside Kalesa saying, do I have to get back in the footlocker? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and your father pinches the bridge of his nose. No, Kalesa. <laughs> <laughs> okay! And she hops in the back. Eight days of the footlocker. I think I may have done permanent damage to a lot of my muscles. Well, that's unfortunate. It was either that or hang on to the bottom of the carriage, and I didn't know how rocky the terrain was going to get. 
You could have also stayed at home. Just, you know, putting that one out there. No, I couldn't. You and Fen were gone. Speaking of which, what the hell happened? Your father says I'm reticent to agree with Lady Petrus on anything, but yes, I concur. Fee grits her teeth, and then, just winning Grand Duchess' smile, says, There was an issue with the uh, teleportation circle as we left. The teleportation circle was set up by the most proficient wizards at the Order of Iluna. I don't understand, your father says. I, as you know, am not proficient in wizardry. I would have to go back over the events with some of the wizards there. Well, what wizards were there? That was probably kids from my class, Kalesa says. I I didn't know many of their names. I, a few friends of Alasha's, a couple of students, just a few people milling around. Uh, the only person I really recognized was Soren, but it's not saying much. <sighs> Soren's not a teleportation specialist. I'm going to roll insight for Kalesa. It's 18. I mean, you can try to lie if you want. I have pretty good charisma. <laughs> Woo! Yep. Uh, 23. Okay, she yeah. buys it. I would, again, have to just go over what happened with a few of the people that were there. Uh, I'm not super well-read on teleportation magic especially, but as soon as we set off, I knew something was wrong. So... And what has been your experience here over the last few days? Uneventful? There was an incident. Uh, there were some escapees from Lux to Galton. I have conjectured with the help of the local priest and of the Hierophant, they had planned to ransom off a traveling bard to pay passage to go somewhere else. They were dispatched, the situation was dealt with, but... Roll inside with advantage. Okay. <laughs> That's a four. Your father's face is unreadable. Okay. But he nods and says, well, I trust nobody important was hurt. Uh, no. Fen looks offended. <laughs> Not permanently. And then your father kind of clears his throat and goes, mm. at any rate, I can only assume that it will be difficult to get in touch with anybody at the Order of Iluna about the details of this accident, seeing as things have been in a bit of an uproar there since you left. Oh, uh, ha have they? Why? Well, the day you left, Lord Balar announced that he was retiring for health reasons, and our acquaintance, the young Lord Shakrana, has just been named the youngest appointee to the High Court in history. Hmm, Interesting. Well, that's fantastic for him. It seemed very sudden. After all, Lord Baylor and I played chess just last week, and the man seemed in perfect health. That's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? I suppose. Kalesa is looking back and forth between you and your dad, and her eyes are just getting narrower and narrower. I think you guys stay with a minor noble family in the southern countryside. Later that night, you're set up with rooms and lodging and food and everything. And Kalesa and Fen both come to your room, Fee, and they just kind of corner you. Oh, God. <laughs> Kalesa just has her hands up like, well? Because <laughs> I know that that was bullshit. I don't know what kind of bullshit it was, but I know that that was bullshit. <sighs> Fen at that point, also kind of clears his throat and goes, <clears throat> I mean, like, yeah, you didn't tell your dad about 
about Soren? What was that all about? And Kalesa goes, what about Soren? She uh, nods to herself and then she says, not here. Okay. And she's going to tow Fen and Kalesa out of the house. Okay, yeah, you go outside. You know, it's southern countryside, so again, very, like, salty, damp, cool. You could probably catch a cold if you're not careful. It's on a high bluff overlooking the sea, and I think you guys all come out to the back of the house just looking out over the ocean. She is going to clear her throat and just kind of, like, steeple her fingers and then say, I didn't tell him about what happened because I'm going to handle the situation myself. What's the situation? The situation is that Soren Chakran is a rat bastard. Uh, I mean, that's not helping me a lot, Fee. Can you literally... My friends are involved in this shit now. I need you to help me understand. Soren sabotaged the teleportation circle. What? I watched him scuff out part of one of the lines and get me and Fen set here. And I believe that Lord Baylor retiring was orchestrated. I believe that I know several other people who are involved, given information that I've been able to pick up. And it would appear that there is a vast conspiracy happening around us. So I'm going to handle the situation, and you are going to stay as far away from it as possible. And when we get back to Valenthal, I am going to corner Soren Chakrana, get some answers, and possibly throw him out of a tower. Depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah, no, you don't get to shut us out of this, Kalesa says. And Fen kind of nods. It's really not something you need to be involved in. I'm handling it. Yeah, no, when people I care about are trying to kill each other, Fee, that is something that I need to be involved in. And I don't really give a shit that you're the Grand Duchess or whatever. You don't get to tell me that I don't get to care about it. If something's going to happen to you, or if, if something's going on behind the scenes that's putting people I really give a shit about in danger, I'm going to help. I don't see that there's any way you can. You don't have to. But also the only way you're going to keep me out of this is by putting me on a boat back to Vogvoldor. And I... I dare you. Kalesa says. She looks like she's ready to maybe swing on you. Can't argue with that, I guess. No, you can't. And she storms off. She's pissed. Fen looks deeply uncomfortable. Well, I guess I'm just ruining everything this week, huh? I'm going to bed. It's not your fault. Okay. I'm, I'm going to bed. You walk back into this manor house, back up to the room that you've been assigned. Kalesa's door, which is right next to yours, is firmly closed. You walk in, and on your bed, there is a folded parchment envelope sealed with a red wax seal. open it. There's a piece of paper inside, but also it feels a little heavy. And as you open it, a small... You could call it a medallion, I guess. It's not on a chain. It is a small, circular piece of metal. It is no bigger than a coin. It is made out of what appears to be maybe 
pewter. Very heavy metal, and it is a stamped, like a coin image, and on this round metal disc is the image of a lighthouse with a large beam of light coming out of it, and the lighthouse is being struck by light. paper that it was folded up in says in an intricate, neat handwriting, just in case, be careful who you show this to. Even others who have one may still want you dead. Truth dies in darkness. Revelation lives in light. S. this into like a pocket or a pouch on my belt. And then I throw the paper in the fire. And that's where we leave off okay. for this week. <laughs> so the plot thickens, it would seem. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. On both fronts of our campaign, the plot thickens, it would seem. So we will wait until next time to figure out what's going on with Leo, and shortly after that, maybe we figure out something. <laughs> See everybody next time. script just handling a couple housekeeping things after the episode thank you all so much for listening if you're new welcome if you're sticking around from previous episodes thank you so much as always we are on social media we check the tags hashtag compelled duel and hashtag compelled duel pod for any kind of interaction we are on twitter tumblr and tiktok at compelled duel we are also on tiktok at compelled duel audios which is where we post audio snippets from the show And, a cool new announcement, we actually have our website live now. So if you head over to compelledduelpod.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E, dot com, my wife designed us a beautiful website where we have a fan art gallery, character profiles, links to a lot of our maps and stuff. It's basically a big Compelled Duel resource. So we're really excited about that. We hope you guys get some use out of it. If you're enjoying the podcast, as always, we ask that if you like what you're hearing, you tell three friends about it, and if they like it, tell them to tell three friends. Word of mouth advertising has gotten us really, really far, and we really appreciate all the legwork that you guys put in yelling at your friends to listen to us. It really, really helps. If you'd like to support us in other ways, we do have a Patreon, so if you head over to patreon.com slash compelledduel, we have a lot of great perks available for our patrons, including early access to episodes and access to cool stuff on our official Spotify account and perks in the official Discord server. That's about it for this week. Uh, Next episode's going to be going up on Friday, January 22nd, or if you are a member of our Patreon, you'll have early access to it on Thursday, January 21st. Thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next week.